0: Welcome to the zero to five million dollar podcast. I'm Sean Finder and I'm with my host, Ollie Whitfield. This show is brought to you by AutoClose, a vanilla soft company. Ollie, why don't you introduce today's guest and now what we're going to be talking about today.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? So um, I don't know if you remember quite a long time ago when we started the podcast. Um, one of my favorite things to do with the podcast is just break the rules. We call it the zero to $5 million podcast. We've had people from $400 million companies, had people who are founders, people who aren't. Today's what, another one of those days. And I saw something yesterday on my LinkedIn and I'm like, shit, we've got to have this guy on. So Alex Elaine posted something to the effect of, I emailed, I did cold emails every single day for 30 days. And uh, I'm sure Alex is going to tell me I misquoted that, but. Uh, I'll let him get to that in a moment. But as you know, any company trying to grow your business, email's a decent way to do that, isn't it? So I wanted to get Alex on, hear about his story, hear about his experiment, what did he learn, what worked, what did not. So you don't just hear it from me and Sean all the time. So um so Alex, welcome along, my man. Absolutely great to be here and uh thanks a lot for having me on. Of course. So um, so why don't you start with what happened? What, what's this article that I'm talking about? And of course. Uh, I will link to it in the description in the show notes. Just look below if you're on your phone or wherever to find that. But um, walk us through it. What's your thought process? How do you start this thing? Yeah, absolutely. So
2: I do have to make one correction, Oli, which is that it it was a thousand cold calls versus emails. But uh, I probably sent double or triple that amount of of emails in the the same time frame, ultimately. So we, we can talk to both. Um, just to set a little bit of context behind it, I, I very recently joined a hyper growth startup called, called Lacework, growing at lightning pace, uh, mainly in the, the cloud security space. And so, really, the article was, was centered around me starting in that role um, and really having to kind of rerun the clock a little bit in terms of uh, just straight out into that grind, right? Hammering the phone, sending yep. out emails. Uh, and just really trying to hustle my way to, to get some meetings in the diary. So um, with all of that said, I, I really just set myself out a goal um, to try and drive anywhere between five and six new business meetings a week during my first few meetings, uh, during my first few weeks in the role. Um, and so I, I try to be as as metric driven as I can, as data driven as I can, um, so that I can find the small wins, the marginal gains and, and all of those types of things. Um, and so when I started the company very, very quickly, I just got on the phones. Uh, yeah. I made a thousand different mistakes <laughs> while I was on there, but I learned a ton and very quickly I started to map out uh, my metrics for success. And I realized that every time I picked up that phone a hundred times, it, it meant that I had two new business meetings. And so, uh, what does that mean? Simple maths, 200 times means four meetings. And I just rinsed and repeated shared that journey in the article and some
0: posts and got a little bit of traction. So that's very interesting. So how many, uh, how many calls throughout that process were you making each day? Was it a hundred per day or how many, and then how many hours were you calling for? It was like a whole like nine to one or were you doing nine to five or how were you doing that?
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it started off a lot more structured in the first couple of weeks than the second couple. So when I was early in, I, I set myself a goal of trying to do a hundred calls over every two days, actually. Okay. Um, so that was really where I started. Um, as you can imagine, once you start getting yourself in some cycles, uh, it's not always as easy to, to keep up with that metric. So it got a little bit more disparate in kind of week three and week th- four, but the goal was always a hundred calls over two days, or you could say 50 calls a day. Um, and that was really the game plan.
1: So, um, did I have this right? You said you're, you're very, very new at the company, right? Correct. Six weeks now. Six weeks. Okay. So you, I assume you started this very close to starting, like almost the first week or so, yeah?
2: Yeah, pretty much. One week uh, in training and then uh,
1: straight out there. Okay. So scripts, no script, freestyle. How did you do this? So a lot of people go script reading because it's new, but then they transition away. What's your feeling? How did you do it?
2: Yeah, for, for me, no no real scripts, Ollie. So I, I'm just a massive believer that you learn by doing. And, and I'm very comfortable with knowing that I'm going to make a lot of mistakes doing that. But I what what really drives me is a genuine curiosity. You know, when I look at uh, myself as a salesperson, you know, I'm here to, to solve problems and add value. You know, we, we've heard those terms a lot. But when you have a genuine curiosity around that, what it means is that when I pick up the phone, I pick up the phone because I'm seeking to understand. Uh, What I don't understand, I write down and then I go and get the answers. So one of the things that I did on top of the great enablement that the company provides is I uh, contacted one of the the, uh, salespeople who was really successful in the US um, and I asked him to commit uh, at least an hour per week to me. And so what I did is I wrote down every single thing that I didn't know when I came off of those phone calls Listed all of the questions and then every week went through them with that salesperson. I'm still doing that to this day with that person, um, and that's really helped me get ahead of
0: uh, ahead of the curve massively. So what I want to do is I want to jump back into the numbers. So let's say every two days you're you're calling a hundred people. Two people book meetings. Now the other ninety-eight, I'd love to the audience to know how many of those a um, were just answering machines, B were the not interested or C just told you to F off or whatever they were going to do. Like how did those other 98 go? Cause I want to see what that ratio looks like out of that hundred.
2: Yeah, sure. So, you know, what I tended to find on, on aggregate is that 90% just, just didn't answer or went to voicemail. Uh, Typically, you know, 3% and I actually did a post about this uh, 3% hung up on me. 3% were dead numbers. 2% 2% just had strong objections that I couldn't beat. And then that final 2% were the book meeting. So what, what I tended to find is once I got my pitch really refined, um, actually once I got those connects, because we spend so much time on getting the ideal customer profile, the messaging and things like that, um, I've got a very good hit rate once I actually get on a connected call. Um, but that was really the the typical data across 100
1: so, um, so that's one day. Is there like a sequence of what you would do afterwards? So we call again day two, we email if, if no answer or, you know, how did you continue with each person and keep doing the first touch with each new prospect each time?
2: Yeah, it's a good one. So what, what I should have said is that the precursor to all of this is that I'd sent emails, I set up email sequencing before I made any phone calls. So the first thing I did was sit... Uh, create a load of different campaigns, uh, set up some certain targeted sequencing. So obviously broke out accounts, tier one, tier two, tier three. Um, And then I knew that every single person I phoned, there was some element of contact that had been attempted. Uh, Obviously not all of them had actually seen or read those emails, um, but anyone that I hadn't then booked a meeting with, uh, was sequenced, right? So through the sequencing, obviously some of them came through with that. Um, and then in different scenarios, I may even send a LinkedIn request and a LinkedIn message. And through that sequence, I'd have different steps that would go from, yeah, LinkedIn messages, sometimes video messages, all really depended on what tier they sat in, you know, out of my kind of ICP accounts.
0: So, you know, I always love to ask, um, Looking back at your first ten calls, then looking at your ninety to one hundred, where you started to get those, those, um, those people interested. What were some of the early on mistakes? You said, Alex, I just, what are you doing? This isn't working. We got to change it up. Like, what were those first few mistakes? Like, was it the length, or was it too salesy? The first three seconds of your call. You know, maybe tell the audience a little bit of some of the mistakes that you learned really early on, and then how that became successful.
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, I'd, I'd come from a role because uh, actually I was at AWS before uh, joining Lacework. And so, you know, when you're at AWS, brand awareness is, is not a challenge, right? But when you kind of go back into the trenches, that that changes. So w- one of the things I had to do was almost get my head back in gear to some of the activity I used to have to do when I was making a ton of calls. And one of the mistakes I'd say I was making was asking for, asking for permission early on calls to continue the call. Now, this is something that's controversial, right? Different people have different perspectives around whether you should open a call and ask for permission. You know, I'm kind of a big believer that the fact that they've answered means that they have time. And so uh, a bit early, I found myself asking for permission and actually getting some quick hang ups because I was doing that. So that was a quick kind of uh, refine I made to my game. And then outside of that, um, because I wanted to practice my pitch, yeah. There were also a lot of times I was just jumping into the pitch too quickly, right? And sometimes I think when you're making calls, there's an opportunity to ask a question or two, make sure that you're on the same page and then switch gears. Uh, but yeah, I can remember a couple of calls where I was a little bit trigger happy, wanted to make sure I practiced the pitch and I think maybe jump the gun a little bit.
1: So if you don't mind me asking, what was your opening? Because I hear you, a lot of people argue that you can say stuff like, I've heard this one a lot um can I have 27 seconds of your time to tell you why I'm calling so that they get the opportunity to say no but obviously you're going to take a bit of a hit on how many people say yeah and then otherwise you can go straight into it so what was your opener and and I assume you have you have a branching sort of system in a way although you're reasonably freestyle so what's your follow-up to the first part of it?
2: Yeah, so a lot of it depended on if I, you know, made some kind of attempted outreach or if I knew that they'd, you know, actually seen that outreach. If there was uh, a lot of the time, I'd either seek to validate that they are the person in the role that I'm seeking to speak to. So, you know, hey, hey Oli, uh, great to connect. Appreciate the fact that I've caught you unannounced. Just wanted to clarify, you are Ollie in this particular role responsible for this thing. And knowing that it immediately puts the prospect in a yes mind frame of, well, yes, that is me. And also validates the fact that we're on the same page. I am seeking to speak to you. And, you know, it's a great way to kind of get the mindset, you know, past that that stage one in a yes mentality. If I'd sent an email or some kind of correspondence and I had line of sight that they'd seen that, sometimes I'd piggyback off the back of that, you know, hey, Ollie, you know, again, appreciate I caught you unannounced sent you an email yesterday, just looking to come over the top with that. This is my reason for contacting you. You know, is this still the space that you're responsible for? So I'm always seeking to get some kind of yes or validation event without giving uh, that prospect kind of an
0: early way to just jump off the call. So I have an interesting one. And, you know, I think this is something that the, the audience, a lot of people in the audience probably struggle with, some don't, but everyone hates rejection. So now you have 100, 100 calls, two people are saying yes. So that's like that's like you know me going up to 100 girls, asking them on a date, 98 say no, and then finally two say, yes. Yeah, Sean, I'll go for a coffee with you. How do you personally deal mentally with all the rejection? Do you say to yourself, well, you know, if this is just part of the game? Because I know not everyone's made for cold calling. Um, I'd love to hear any advice, well, A, what you think about that, and B, any advice you'd give the audience that are here and listening like, I just can't deal with 98 people hanging up on me and saying, you know, swearing at me and doing this, what would you recommend to them?
2: Yeah. So it's a great point, Sean. Um, You know, it's not easy, right? Um, The reality is, is that uh, what I've found is that you've got to have a really compelling, let's say why uh, for, for everything that you're doing, right? So you're in the sales game because that there's something that you're seeking to unlock in your life or uh, yeah. something that's really driving you. And I think you, you've really got to get in touch with that because when I kind of look ahead and sometimes stare down the barrel of what I've got to do, I have to sit here and just look up and say, what am I doing this all for? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what am I doing it for? Cause I know I'm getting up and I'm going in the trenches and you know, we're going in the lines then again. Right. And if there's nothing that's really compelling, that gets you out of bed and gets you excited, you will find it tough, right? And when that rejection hits, it's going to slap you firm in the face. But I think for me, I, I just genuinely see it as it's another step closer to me getting to what I what I you know dream about accomplishing. And so I think you've got to get to a point where you can smile through it. And the second thing that I would say, uh, I often say that the best cure for a rejected call is just to make another one right? Don't sit and toil in the fact that someone's just said no, just make the next call, right? And you never know that next call might be the book meeting. Don't sit on it. Don't dwell on it. Just pick up the phone and go again.
1: I got one last question, just based off what you said there. The best thing that I ever did after my first ever cold call was just pick up and do the next one because my worst ever was my first ever. I was calling into uh, America from the UK. So there's a time difference there. I thought I was calling the East Coast. So five hours difference. I was actually calling the West Coast. So eight (laughs) hours difference. And this is about 2 p.m. my time. So 9 a.m. Eastern. And a lot earlier on the West Coast, I, I woke someone up, wrong person entirely. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, that's how I started. But, you know, as you just said, the best thing I did was, okay, I'm not prepared to dwell on that. I have to get on with the next one to get myself out that mental state. So please tell me you've got a horror story worse than my one. So I don't feel so bad. Or or do you? Well, I mean, that that one's pretty, that one's definitely pretty
2: intense. Massive time time zone difference. Um I I, I almost don't feel I've had massive kind of horror stories because I think I've almost embraced a lot of this as normality. The fact is I've had people hang up on me you know more times over my career than I'd like to think of. I've called people probably way too early or way too late in the day, and uh, got very rude responses about the fact that I'm doing it. And you know, probably faced every single rejection uh, or objection yeah. uh, that you can imagine, right? And and I'm sure all of us on this call have, have seen it all. So um, you get to a point where nothing really feels much better or worse because the outcome is the same. Uh, I just accept it as
0: that one hasn't worked out great I'm one step closer to the goal. So funny you say that what I actually used to do early on in my career, Alex, is I would actually say it on the call. So if somebody rejected me, said I'm not interested, I'd be like, thank you so much for saying no, because that means I'm one call closer to getting my next yes. I love that. I'm gonna, I am
2: gonna. might have to steal that one, Sean.
0: <laughs> so I used to actually tell the person and then be like, okay, well, well, and then, you know, when you have a little personality, then they used to actually give me time a day and be like, you know, I actually used to thank people. Thank you for saying no, because I know I have to make 56 calls to get that next one. So I'm sure. one step closer to getting my next person to say yes. That's awesome, man. Love that. <laughs> Great <appetite. laughs> Perfect. Well, um, let's wrap things up. But before we do, because uh, it's been a lot of fun, Alex, I have one question for you. Um, first, well, it's two questions. First, how do you self-educate yourself? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you read books? How do you, or, or is it all through, you know, you know, doing all these cold calls and number two, where can people find you? And especially find that recent blog that you posted.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so on the first one, I'm a massive into podcasts, um, but I'd also say YouTube now, right? I mean, yeah. there's just a, a ton of content on there. Uh, so really, most days I'm listening to a podcast while on that treadmill uh, or watching some kind of YouTube video. I do have a lot of books, but I kind of switch gears a little bit to, to more audio content um, and where to find me. I'm, I'm all over LinkedIn, a massive LinkedIn advocate. So uh, the name Alex Elaine, just, just search it up. Surname's A double uh, And I've got a ton of articles on there. I post every day uh, and absolutely love to engage with all of you. So, Uh, had a ton of fun. and really appreciate you guys having me on.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Alex, for joining us today. This has been a blast. And also thank you for everybody listening from all over the world. If you enjoyed the show today, don't forget to give us a five-star review wherever you're listening from and subscribe. So you don't miss the next show, Alex, see you soon.
2: Take care.